Okay, this is on, isn't it? Yeah? Hello? Can you hear that? Good. Everything recording. Fine. Let's start. Okay, this is not something I've done before. Talk to people like this. I'm not a great talker, not of my own accord. But but just now I, I've got something I want to tell you. I want to talk it through with you. A lot has happened to me, an awful lot I don't understand, and I want to work it out with you, whoever you are. So, that's why I'm doing this, making this record my version of events, and hopefully, by telling them to you so publicly, everything will begin to make sense. And maybe, maybe if you understand what's happened, you can help. Let's begin. Hi, I'm Cornelius. I want you to think of me as the protagonist of this tale. It's me you'll be wanting to invest yourself in emotionally. I'll do all that I can to make that easy for you. We'll see how it goes. I'll explain about the pictures first, and then you'll understand why I'm doing this. If you can get access to the internet as you listen to this, that would be great. But if you can't, not to worry. I'll describe the pictures, and you can look them up later. You see, I've discovered something. About the website Flickr. The one with the pictures on it. Well, they're not what they seem. They're meant to be just random photos that the public upload with no single unifying reason for them to be there, but well, that's not true. There's some bigger picture going on, some larger picture. Hmm. Look, let me break this down. Look, you know the website Flickr? F-L-I-C-K-R. It's a website where people upload their photos, their private photos. It's a... It's a website where people can put their private photos on the internet for everyone to see. And they, they do, in, in their millions. They put up holiday snaps, wedding photos, pictures of their dog, their kids, their wife, their the new sofa, anything. They, well, they just seem to load up whatever they feel like for the whole world to see. I never really understood why. But then here I am making this, this podcast. So I'm just part of the same game now, aren't I? Go and find it now if you're online. Flickr. Or flickr.com. Or www.flickr.com if you want me to be precise. I mean, I'm figuring that if you're listening to this, you've got a clue as to what I'm talking about. Right. So this Flickr website is, is meant to have just a random mixture of images. No rhyme or reason to it, but, but I don't think it is. It's, it's not random. I've been looking at it, studying it, all those pictures, those slices of other lives, those frozen moments, and there's something going on, a, a pattern to those images. A lot of them are not what they seem. They're a, a record or something. Something... Well, something to do with me, or at least my life, and I need to find out why. I know, I know how this sounds. But look, let me show you. If you're online now, I want you to follow my instructions. I want you to launch your web browser and enter www.flickr.com. I'll wait for you to do that. There. You should have the front page by now. White. Clean. Corporate. Nothing to suggest, well, that there's anything going on here. In the search box, type in Brighton P. That's Brighton, 
as in the town in the UK, space, and then the letter P. And wait. The first image I'm going to tell you about is of Brighton Seafront. It's of a, a concrete hut standing on the beach, the beach in Brighton. Did I mention I lived in Brighton? Well, I do. Anyway, the light in the picture has a strange green quality. The hut it has a curved roof, a bit like a pagoda. And the pier, the famous Brighton Pier, is off to the left. The hut is on the promenade. There's no one around. The sky is mostly clear. There's a flock of starlings floating around above the pier. And you've got this hut in the middle of the photo with a, a curved roof and concrete, windowless sides. It looks like it's early morning. It, it is around something like 6am. It's a Saturday morning, the day after Halloween. How do I know? Well, I was there. That's how I know. Not in the shot, not directly, but I remember, you see. I was on the other side of the hut when the photo was being taken. I saw it being taken. There was a man lurking around on the seafront. He had on one of those orange workman's jackets and a camera with a long lens. A lot of people take shots of the seafront, especially the old broken pier. It makes them feel like artists, and I, I figured he was just another one. I was taking a slash, leaning forward, one arm across my brow, flicking my eyes from side to side in case someone was watching. I can't piss too well if someone is watching. Well, normally I can't, but that particular morning, I, I'm not sure I cared. It, it was 6am and I was drunk. I stank. My head hurt. And the, the knuckles of my right hand were killing me and I was tired, unbelievably tired. Looking back, it hadn't been my idea, but then very little is, or was. Sorry, I'm, I'm losing track of my tenses. You better get used to that. It's going to happen a lot. Anyway... I'm not sure I really wanted to go to the party. Come on, you never want to go to a party. That's Lucinda. I live with her and she thinks I don't go to enough parties. It's Halloween. We'll dress up and go for a bit. Now, at this juncture, I wanted to say, I'm far too old for this. But deeply, fundamentally, I didn't want to hear myself say those words. I also wanted to say, I now consider myself to be above these things. But then that would have been the end of it all. Instead, I said, look, I'm tired. I'm tired. Which is just rubbish, and I knew it. Josh is coming. Now, Lucinda thinks that I think that Josh is cool. I probably think he is cool. But thinking people are cool is not in and of itself cool. So I try not to think of anyone as being cool. Especially not Josh. But he is cool. I'm not going to go to a party just because Josh is going. Look... I'm meeting him there. It's important. I, I think he needs a bit of support at the moment. But Josh needs support? What, to help carry his ego? Don't be mean. He's got... issues. There had always been a bond between Lucinda and Josh, a kind of mutual respect and confidence. I wasn't exactly completely comfortable with it. Anyway, stop complaining. You're going out. <sighs> And I agree to go, which tends to happen in my life. And, well, the next thing I know is that I find myself wearing a, a black frock coat and a, a tri-corner hat taking a piss behind a beach hut. My hand hurt. Did I mention that? 
Well, it did. My knuckles were bruised. It was 6 a.m. I was on Brighton Seafront and I looked like death. I wasn't sure how I got there. Not precisely. I left the part in something of a hurry. Quite possibly in a mood. Even more possibly to make a point. And now someone was taking a picture of me. I, I zipped up, mumbled and walked on. The, the moment forgotten until I found this shot and flicker. Same building, same light. The, the angle is just right. And when I zoom in, I, I can just feel myself about to come round the corner. I'm just there in my, my potentiality, about to emerge into the frame. OK, so that's one picture. Bit of a coincidence, a, a chance happening. Things happen like that, don't they? But now, take a look at this. If you're online now on Flickr, type in SD Atano. Let me spell that. S dash D space A U T U N N O. Now, I have no idea what it means. But I found it, and that's when I thought, this isn't right. If you're online now, you're seeing what I saw. A picture of two lines of trees. They stretch into the, the frame on either side, a, a tarmac path disappearing into the distance. The light is beautiful. It's an early morning light. I, rem I remember the light. It's autumn and the leaves are, are yellowing on the trees and they're, well, they're not golden, but they're a very fine yellow. This picture was taken on the way to my house. Preston Park, if you know Brighton. And I'm in the picture. Not the front waving and smiling. Oh, no, that would be too obvious. But if you try, you can, you can see me. I'm at the end of the path, reduced to a, a tiny figure, I grant you, a, a granule at the apex of the path, a, a single pixel, maybe. But that's, that's me. Hi. I was, I was walking, at least trying to. Limbs weighed down, body drying out. I couldn't face going to the shop to buy a drink, not dressed as I was. And that started to trouble me, because this cavalier outfit, this ill-fitting cavalier, well, the evening hadn't begun like that. Don't move your arms. Hold them out. He's probably not even going to show up. I've got to get this pin under your arm. He's not exactly reliable. Cool people aren't. He'll be there. Trust me. I could remember wearing bandages wound round me, my arms, my torso. Haven't got enough of your legs. I don't like the way you two do this. What? Make decisions without me. Exclude me from your little plans. I'm going to use toilet paper. Well? If you took more of an interest in actually going out and doing something, then you wouldn't feel like that. Oh, that's a bit harsh. And it was. But it was also true. I don't want Lucinda to come across badly. It's just the way we worked. Stop complaining and spread your legs. And I did. OK. The next photo is from the party. It's one of only two from that night itself. It's called Fridge, which I, I figure is a pretty common title for a photograph. I'm not sure if you're going to find it. So, I've set something else up for you. I've built a website, a proper full-functioning website. In there you'll find links to all the photos on Flickr. The URL is www.theflickerman.com. Spell Flickr with an E between the K and the R, as you normally would www.theflickerman.com Now when you're on that site, click on episode 1 and you'll be asked for a password. The password is Fridge. The same as in the name of the photo, Fridge. The links are in there. 
I'll describe the photo for everyone else while you do that. Fridge is, of, of course, a picture of the fridge at the party. It's open and a man in a white shirt is standing in front of it with his back to the camera. To his right, we can see someone in a red and black superhero outfit, though we can't see their face. The man in front of us has his elbow raised as if he's pouring a drink. What you can't see is that he's wearing a strange red-haired doll around his neck. This was his idea of a Halloween costume, I guess. What you also can't see is that he looks exactly like the writer Will Self, creepily so. Don't worry about him for now, though. We're going to meet him later. In the bottom of the fridge, you can see three bottles, two filled with red liquid and one with blue. They came from our Polish corner shop outside our house. I'll get some wine. No, get these. A food party pack, but they look disgusting. <laughs> They're fun. Why not get some wine? Because we're taking these. No one will touch them. Look, I've got some money. Let's get some decent vodka. We're taking the food. We are taking the food. Put your money away. I'll get them. And as you can see from the photo she did, they're there in the bottom of the fridge, a party pack of food. This Cinder's not coming across well, is she? Look, she's a strong woman, a, a strong, confident woman who knows her mind. Yeah, she can be a little bull-headed, but if you got to know her, you'd understand. I think she had to, to be that way to protect herself. People hear the accident and don't imagine that there's been trouble in her past. Weirdly, Josh was one of the few people she let her guard down with. Perhaps more than she did with me. Anyway, on to other issues. Let's go back to my walk home, my long, painful stagger towards bed. Here's a question I was asking myself as I walked through those trees. If I left the house dressed as a mummy, why was I returning home in the garb of a cavalier, complete with cape, tri-corner hat and a jaunty red and white feather? That was... odd. And why did my hand hurt? That was troubling. All I could remember of the pipe was talking to Josh. He, he was there. In fact, I think he wanted to talk to me, which was unusual because we'd never really opened up. The two of us, there'd always been some kind of barrier between us. So I'm stumbling home through the park, thinking about my friends and my girlfriend and how I came to be dressed as a 16th century pirate dandy and what, what happened to my hand and I get to the end of the path and I walk into a patch of sunlight and for a moment the sun blinds me. I sense people running around, movement, a lot of movement around me like, like dancers, caught in the light, hazy fairy figures clattering, pirouetting. I move forward and the figures, as one, drop to the ground. And I'm confused, and something is thrust into my hand. And there's a click from behind me. And I see, I see, well, I see. Now type in the following. Jewel in the sun, comma, now becoming a shade. And hit enter. Got it? Shall I repeat that? Jewel in the sun, comma, now becoming shade. I'll take a break while you do that. So, I've got my back to the camera, and in front of me are six or seven people on the ground and dressed in period costume, wearing sashes and tabards, and some of them hold swords, as do I. 
There was a man in a, a black leather Zorro-style hat with a white dueling shirt, and he's just pushed a sword into my hand. And facing me were what it looks like a, a summer fate, as bunting in the trees and 20 or 30 children and adults look on, arrayed like an audience, but not actually an audience. Some of them are smiling, but not actually smiling. They're holding the moment for the camera. I have an audience, and I'm surrounded by bodies, and everyone is smiling. And I feel, just for a moment, for a slither of time, I feel very, very alone. And in that moment, I think of what Josh said to me the night before. Never felt so alone. You? How can you say that? I thought you were the centre of everything. You've always got people around you. It's not that simple. Is it ever? With anyone? I mean, it's please. I know, I know this is going to sound you know, weird coming from me. I've never wanted anything from you. Things aren't right and you need to talk. I need you to listen. Uh, did I ever tell you how much I like your hat? <laughs> Shut up. I need you to listen, right? Stop ducking anything real. Why'd you always do that? Oh, sorry. This is serious, so for once, just drop the sarcasm. There's something important you need to know. We need to talk about it tonight. Yeah, are you sure that's a good idea? I was just starting to get a little bit twisted. Maybe this it isn't has the best. To be tonight. So focus, I'll come and get you and we'll talk. At this moment, no one else is going to help me, okay? I need to talk with you and you to focus on me. Can you do that? At that moment in the park, I was alone. People stared at me and I just stopped, dead in my tracks, frozen, like in the picture. Zorro Hat looked up at me and told me I was late. You're late. I tell him, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I have no idea what you are talking about. You're not supposed to, that's the point. Everything will change for you, OK, when I've told you. Everything will change. Uh, are, you, are you talking about Lucinda? Yeah. I'm sorry. Cornelius is part of this as well. As much a part as I am. And then, as if that was a signal, everything changes. Everyone moves, the world shifts, and nothing makes sense. People get off the ground, the kids move off. Not running or shouting, they just file away quietly. And the man, the Zorro man, just looks at me. Someone has taken the bunting down. They're in a hurry to leave, and he smiles at me, gently, and he says he's sorry. Sorry, mate. I've been told what you're heading to. It could be much worse, you know. And he takes a sword out of my hand. And he says... Hey, don't worry about all this. This is probably just something that has fallen out of sync. I, I tell him... I don't understand. I don't understand. No, hey, we meant to. Okay. It's just something we have to do. No, I, I don't understand, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't tell you easily. It's just... It's something we had to do. It was like... Something out any choice in that moment, in that moment, it's too much for me and I leave him. Hey, not that way. Get on. You know where your mark is. You better hurry. I oh, don't turn your back on me, Cornelius. Don't do that. Not now. You have to, you have to be strong. To face up to what's happening. And then I'm gone. And he's gone. No, wait. He said one more thing. Almost under his breath as I turned from him. Old oh, friend, be strong. Repent. Pray. Cornelius. Forgive. Cornelius, forgive us. There was no way I could cope with this happening. Not in the state I was in, so I blanked it out. I let it go. 
It wasn't until I found the picture, the one on Flickr that they took, that they set up with me and the, the kids and the sword that, that I thought about it again. I, I still don't know what it means. By the way, that is my real hair in the photo. It's a wig. OK, type in the following. PA280144. Uh, actually, don't bother, just, just link off the Flickerman website. PA280144 is a picture of a woman in shades in a cornfield. She's got a green barber jacket on with orange lapels. Its pockets are loaded and they, they hang, making her look as if she's got huge, saggy hips. Her hair is brown and cut short, almost boyishly, and she's pursing her lips. Let's say she's about 35. And she's holding a shotgun over one shoulder, and you know, she looks pretty comfortable with that gun. She's at ease with her weapon, like it belongs on her shoulder. We'll meet her in a bit. I just want you to know what I was heading towards. For the while, I'm walking across the park. Straight line, head down. Crow fly distance straight to bed. When one is confronted with weirdness, trouble, potential violence or open emotion, the best resort is to shut down and avoid it. I ducked through the trees and I was on a path at the back of the park. The kind of path people only use to dump mattresses and condoms in. It stank, but you know, so did I. I looked at my knuckles, my bruised knuckles, and thought about Josh. Look, come here, Cornelius, come here. We haven't got much time. Uh, come on then, Josh. Get, get on with it, say what you've got to say. Yeah, not in this room, these people. No one can know about this yeah, conversation. What are you ashamed of? It's not cool enough for you, talking to me. This isn't about being cool. Yes, it is. It always is with you. You're just frightened of what people will think. Cornelius, no. I'm not like... This is just a... Bollocks. I, I thought you were just some coked-up show pony. This isn't just about me, Cornelius. This takes in everyone. You, L me. Lucinda. Yeah, Lucinda as yeah, well. Yeah, what is happening between you and her? This is bigger than just a couple of people, Cornelius. This is everything. Don't you understand? Look, are you shagging her? Put it back on! Come on, people are trying to dance here! Hey, hey, it's, what are you doing? Nice. Put the music back on now, I'm telling you. Put the music back on! And then, I'm outside, dressed as a pirate, and I'm walking. I'm walking and thinking about Josh and wondering what was wrong with him and what he had wanted to tell me. And then, there's a gun barrel jabbed into my chest. It's a shotgun. The one that woman in the picture is holding. She was on the other end of it, looking at me. I stopped and I say, I'm completely and utterly the wrong person for this to I'm be happening to. I'm completely and utterly the wrong person for this to be happening to. And she asks me where I'm going. And I tell her home. Where are you going? I'm most certainly going home. She gives me a look of utter contempt and she tells me I'm not going home. You are not going home? She tells me I have to be at my mark. You know what you have to do. She says I know exactly what I have to do. Is that a real gun? Now, at this stage, you may be thinking that I wasn't dealing with this situation very well, that this was a, a fairly redundant question. But you have to understand that I'm not really built for situations like this. It's not part of my makeup. I told her this. I've never seen a real gun before. Tell me what I should do. Now, there was anger in her eyes. We don't have time for this. If you screw this up, then you know what the consequences are. 
You have no choice. You should wear shades with that outfit, you know. I really said this. I really, really said this. I'm being held up at gunpoint in Preston Park on a Sunday morning, and all I can do is advise my assailant on her dress sense. No, not just a dress sense. I tell her how she should accessorise. And this threw her. She asked what I meant. I told her she should wear cat's eyes, big black cat's eye shades. She went quiet. That would be good for you, accentuate your hair and the, and the gun. And she asked who I was. And I told her. And she went pale. There's been a mistake. And I thought, aha, now she realises, now she sees that I'm not the kind of person you threaten with a 21 bore. A terrible mistake. And I'm like, oh, oh don't worry. These things can happen any time, and then, and then she comes out with the kicker. Why aren't you at the party? Why aren't you at the party? And the hairs rise on my neck. You're meant to be at the party. And she lowered the gun, but frankly I preferred it when it was raised, when it was centred into my chest and I was undergoing a plain and simple mugging. Of course, I started babbling. The words rushed out of me. Who are you? What, what do you know about And she walked party? off. Fast, efficient, business-like. Look, look, you can't just walk away from me. You can't do that. You, you can't just threaten me with a gun and then just walk and away. And she turned you, and the gun looked at me again. That to, to people. Did you mean that? Mean what? Mean what you said about the sunglasses. Will they accent my face? Yeah. Cat size. You'll look fabulous. Thanks. I'll get some. And she left. And I, I sat on the ground, at the very spot she had confronted me. I sat and held my head in my hands, and breathed, slowly. My head was spinning, my stomach churning. My world had been turned upside down, changed forever, shattered. But there was also something else. A pulse of energy running through my body, a tiny rush, the flickerings of life. Now, at last, I was feeling something. I don't want you talking to him. Well, he says he wants to talk to me. He's upset, okay? Just leave him be. Upset? Since when was Josh ever upset about anything? About anything other than his own ego? He's a friend, and he's... He's in some trouble. You've been screwing him, haven't you? Oh, no, Cornelius, no, it's not that. I'm going to go and talk to him Just now. Just leave him. Why are you protecting him? I'm trying to protect you, Cornelius. I found him upstairs, on a bed. He was talking to someone, a man. The heads were together and they were talking conspiratorially. I need to talk with Josh. And the man looks up. And I saw his white shirt and his white socks and his nylon tie. Around his neck he has an old camera. And in his hand there was a doll. Like one of those Chucky dolls from the movie, with big red hair and oversized eyes, but less scary. I need to talk with Josh. But I didn't really notice all this. Because, most of all, I noticed he looked exactly like Will's self, only younger. It took my breath away, so close was the resemblance. He looked at me and Josh introduced us. Josh, I need to talk with you. Cornelius, this is Gunnagluffer. No, wait, I think he introduced himself. Hi, you must be Cornelius. I'm Benilfo. I need to talk with Josh. Names have never been my strong suit. Facts, yes. Ephemera, certainly. But names of actual people, people who talk to me and trying to get to know me. No, n not a chance. Hi, you must be Cornelius. I'm Benilfo. I need to talk with Josh. 
And as I walked through the park, I thought about him. He held that dolly close to his chest. The dolly looked like a tiny red-headed woman with a white, white face and a, a tight expression that said, We've got Josh now. So off you go. Whoever you are, he's ours now. You can't have him back. No, 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 you naughty man. I realised that I was falling asleep on my feet as I walked. And I wondered whether that was really possible. I realised that if I was doing it, then it was indeed entirely possible. And highly likely. Hi, you must be Cornelia. I'm Bangladesh. I need to talk with Josh. I need to drink something. I went to the Polish corner shop at the top corner of the park. I need to talk with Josh. I enter the shop. I'm surrounded by racks of product. I grab a bottle of cheap wine. I wavered in front of the fruit for a bit, stole a confused glance at the porno mags and turned around and there it was. Now type in the following, Andy cleans like no other can. Got that? Andy cleans like no other can. This is a picture of what I saw that morning. A picture of a bottle of something called Tolu that was the colour of urine. And to the right, to the right a bottle of Andy. Andy, pine floor cleaner with the word Andy on the green plastic bottle. Andy. Hi. I'm Andy. I need to talk with Josh. Andy with the white shirt. Andy with the weird red-haired doll. I'm Andy. Pleased to meet you. Andy with the bulbous nose and heavy brow of the erudite author and TV pundit Will Self. Andy, who was always at Josh's shoulder from that point on. For a long time now. For a long time, I've been meaning to tell you what's been happening. Come on, Josh! Let's dance! This is vicious! Yeah! 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 Every time Josh came close to saying something, Andy was there. There's so much I have to tell you. I won't get the chance again. Oh, yes! What is this? What is this? Oh, Josh, what is this? Disturbing us. Interrupting us. Don't stop. Please don't stop. Let's just enjoy it. What a way to go. All the while, looking exactly like Will's self. I need you, Cornelius. You're important, Cornelius. So important you don't understand. Everything. Josh! Hey, Josh! This is beautiful, isn't it? We've got to dance! Dance to the end! Get away! Leave him alone! I can't, Cornelius! My dear, dear Cornelius. He and I are bound in this together. I can't do this. Oh, you will! Because you know it's what's coming to you. And you know how I know. I've seen it all. You'll do fine, don't you worry. So why don't you leave little Cornelius here alone and come and dance? Don't leave him alone, leave him! Dance, you little shit! Let go of me! Let go! Dance, you bastard! Let dance. Leave him! Cornelius, help! And I hit him. I hit Andy. I hit a man who looked exactly like Will's self. I hit him. I hit him in the face really, really badly. And he just looked at me. Is that your best shot? I hope that's it, little Cornelius. I hope you're done there. 
because we're coming up to the time, the time your little friend here needs to be ready to repent, pray and forgive. So why don't you run along now and leave us to it? Come on, get the music on. Come on, let's fucking dance. And Josh just stood at his side, looking defeated, as if, as if he'd abandoned all hope. And in that moment, I forgot everything. Everything he had told me, everything I suspected him of. We were back to square one and I pitied him. And that's not a feeling you often have for Josh. So that's why I left the party. That's why my hand hurt. Because I hit a man called Andy. And I went home to our flat. A nice, airy flat with its wooden floors and bay window overlooking the park. And, and when I'm home, I, I sit the window and unscrew the top of the wine. And a bee flies in through the window. I find a glass. There's one on the table from earlier. It's plastic. Next to it, there's an ashtray holding three butts, each with a tell-tale coating of ruby-red lipstick. I pour a glass of wine. The bee flies slowly around my head. I try and think, but the sun is bright and so much has happened. Take off my hat. Listen, hasn't come home. I pick up my drink. Someone threatened me with a gun. The bee slowly circles my head. Someone who thought I was Josh? My nose wrinkles. The wine tastes foul. I should warn him. And my phone goes off. Except it isn't my phone. It's Josh's. Josh's phone in my jacket pocket. I've got Josh's phone. Someone has sent him a text. The number isn't recognised. It says this. In the morning, look under the hat. And I think, that's odd. So I look at the other messages. And the next one is from Lucinda. And this doesn't surprise me. I read. Please, Josh. Please, Josh. Don't make this any don't harder, this on, any any harder on any of us. Get it over, Get with. It over with. Be strong. Be strong. I love you. Kiss, love kiss, you. kiss. Kiss, kiss, kiss. And just then, for a moment, it becomes too much for me. The weight of everything, the, the gun, the drink, hitting Andy, the beef flying around my head. It gets too much for me. And I go to bed. Let's go back to the photos, because they're still there and they're a big part of this. Type in a nightcap. If you can't find it, use the link on the website. That's probably easier. It's a shot of a glass, a plastic glass in the sun, a top-down shot of a plastic glass in the sun with a dead bee floating in it. The bee I found in my drink the next morning. But here's what I really don't like about all this. It hasn't been photographed on my table. How do you like that? I think it's been photographed on concrete or, or in the street. Someone took my cup outside, into the street, took a photo of it and then put it back into my front room. It wasn't all they took. Listen, I woke and, of course, you know how I felt. You can probably picture me, well, not me, but an approximation of, of what I look like. I'll save you the specifics, but let's just rest assured it was an exceptionally ugly experience. I woke and immediately realised that Lucinda hadn't come home. And the previous night hit me in there, hit me like a wave. 
I thought of Lucinda and Josh, of them together, of him trying to talk to me, of what an arsehole I'd been, hitting Andy, and how would I? I'd have to try and explain myself. And then I remembered the gun. The woman with the gun who had said something about the party, and the, then I was worried. Because something was very wrong. At that moment, I needed a drink, badly. The front room was how I left it. My glass on the table. Only now a bee was floating in it. On the floor, though, there is a pool of bandages splattered with what looked like red paint. My outfit from the previous night, my mummy outfit, and I realised that this isn't right, and then I remember. Cornelius, come here. Wait, wait, will you? No, I'm going home, this is just stupid. Hey, look, don't worry about hitting Andy. Who is he? Someone I'm stuck with at the moment, just forget him. No, that was out of character, I'm, I'm sorry. No one thinks badly of you for what you did there. Look, Cornelius, I'm sorry I've been an arsehole tonight. I really am. It's my fault, okay? I've just been having a hard time. What is wrong with you? I'll explain it all later. I, I, I promise I will. Don't worry about Lucinda. I mean, I, I swear, she thinks everything of you, really. I swear. Now, will you do something for me? Swap costumes, will you? What, here? Yeah. Now? Yeah. You want my bandages and I go, well, go home just as a... Cavalier. Yeah. Look, stop asking questions, will you, and get on with it before someone comes. And I did it. For him. I changed in the cold and in the street. So, by the time I had... I had to piss on the seafront, by the time I walked into the weird fate, by the time I was threatened with a gun, I was dressed as a cavalier. I was dressed as Josh. They must have thought I was him. That was why the woman with the gun was so confused and, and Zorro man, they thought I was Josh. But then someone had swapped our clothes back. Lucinda wasn't here in our flat, but someone had swapped our clothes? Had, had someone broken in? Lucinda must have been home, that's it. She must have swapped the costumes back, but, but why? And in that moment, my mind froze, rigid. I was paralysed. Brakes squeal outside. The sound of impact, and I look out of my window, and I see this pointing up at me. Type in, style is everything, and wait. There you should get a picture of a fat woman lying on her back, lying on her back and pointing a camera upwards. She is wearing blue jeans and a denim jacket and is adjusting the lens on her camera. She is lying on late summer grass in a park. We can't see her face. Neither could I at the time, but I guess she's not that young, but not that old. I think the style is everything comment is meant to be a joke because she really doesn't look that stylish. Anyway... I looked down at her and she, she seemed to be looking up at me, via a camera that is. And this is something you can't see in the picture, you see. Someone was pointing a camera at her, a man. A workman in an orange jacket, about 40 or so, brown hair, chubby, almost jolly. I looked at them and he seemed to take a picture of the fat woman on her back, looking up at me, and then he just walked off. I looked at the woman. She carried on pointing the camera towards my house. I watched her for a minute, no, no more. Enough time for my neck to begin to ache as I looked out the window. But she didn't move. And neither did I. And then, finally, 
I realised there was something going on at the end of my street, a, a commotion. Something that perhaps was more worthy of my attention than a, a fat woman looking through a camera. I saw blue lights and people, people moving with those jerky, hurried movements that tells you that something bad has or perhaps is happening. When I get to the street, the woman is gone. Lights are still blinking at the end of the street, but I had to check one thing. I go to the point where she was lying, to the patch of the late summer grass, and I lie down where she had previously lain. I want to fill the space she had occupied precisely, to know what it was to be her at that moment. I even crossed my legs as she had, and I did that thing where you make a square with your fingers, a, a frame, and I looked around. And I can't say I saw anything much. My window with three floors up. You could have barely seen my face. There was blue sky, trees, people walking past. And then this. Type in repent, pray, forgive. Written on a post-it, on a square yellow piece of paper are those words. Written in black marker pen, the piece of paper is fixed to a lamppost, stapled to a lamppost. Repent, pray, forgive. The words the man in the Zorro hat had said to me in the park. The words the woman with the gun had said to me as I left her. The words Andy said to me after I hit him at the party. Repent, pray, forgive. I'm lying on my back, looking at those words. In fact, if you make a square with your fingers around the edges of the picture on your screen, you'll be looking at what I was looking at. There, do it. You can be me that morning, lying on your back in the sun. And if you are being me, then the next thing you hear is... Two of them. Yeah, two of them, hit by a bike. Yeah. No, they didn't let us get close, no. I don't know, might be, yeah. I mean, there was enough blood. One of them was dressed exactly like a pirate. Yeah, pirate. And someone said the other guy looked like um, Will Self. You know the writer Will Self? Yeah, it looked like him. No, it wasn't Will Self, no. Yeah. All right, see you later, yeah? All right, bye. Yeah, you did hear that right. Like a pirate, or a dandy, or a cavalier. Josh. I won't take you through the next moments in intimate detail. The blow-by-blow account will be on hold for now. Just in this instant, all you need to know is that I went to the accident site at the end of my street. There was glass, broken glass and thick red blood. I'll give you that information. And police. But I don't want to give you any more. Not just now, you've had enough for now. Leave this to me. Josh was dead. Hit by a bike. Hit by a bike at the end of my street. Hit by a bike at the end of my street, ridden by a man who looked exactly like Will Self. Andy had killed Josh in an accident. But you know what? That wasn't when I got worried. That wasn't what panicked me. If that was all I had found there at the end of my street, I would have just been in shock. No, the fear started when I found this. Type me as a nurse, however. Okay, that's me as a nurse, however. Wait. And there it is. 
if they haven't taken it down. I found this picture in the street. I stood at the side of the street, watching the ambulances and, and the police, and looked down and saw Josh's hat. The same hat I'd worn the night before, with its jaunty feather. But it was, it was ruined now, crushed. So I looked under it, and there it was, waiting for me. A picture of a young woman, a young woman with blonde hair smiling at the camera. There is a pumpkin at her feet, and another woman standing behind her with a long green wig on, high heels and a witch's hat. The woman in the foreground has ruby red lipstick. Ruby lipstick I know so well. She's wearing a nurse's costume of red and white, and she's smiling at the photographer. The horror, though, the horror is that her face has been blackened, burnt away by the accident, and the top corner of the photograph has been ripped off. But I know her. I know her. For it is Lucinda, my Lucinda. And I turn the picture over and I read, I'll remember you forever, I'll Josh. Remember you forever, Josh. There were some good times. Some good times. Now go. Now go. Repent. Repent. Pray. Pray. Forgive. Forgive. L. L. The Flickerman, Episode 1. Written by Lance Dan, with Al Beals as Cornelius, Laura Martin Simpson as Lucinda, Ross Forder as Josh, Russell Shaw as Andy, Doug Devaney as Zorro Man, and Martina Clark as Woman in Park. The sound recordist was Jim Horn. The website design was by Philip Bussman. The music was composed by Rohan Krivacek, with incidental music by Barbed. The director and producer was Lance Dan. The Flicker Man was a Panic Boy production. For further information, log on to www.theflickerman.com. <laughs>